KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. There has been a lot of concern about people losing their housing in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic. So many people have lost their income that the number of people falling behind on their rent or their mortgage, it's really been kind of hard to fathom. The Robert Wood Johnson Foundation has put forth what it calls a roadmap to help prevent people from losing their home in the midst of this pandemic and also make changes in housing that will advance equity. We wanted to talk more about this, so we caught up with Avenel Joseph. She is the Vice President of Policy for the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Give a listen. Let's start. What was the goal of this brief that the the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, what you guys have put together here? Yeah, the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation is the largest national philanthropy that's dedicated solely to health. And we understand that a safe, stable, and affordable home is essential to the health and well-being. And far too many people in America, especially during the pandemic, are facing the harsh reality of possibly losing their homes. And those are often people of color who've been hit hardest by COVID in the first place. So we put out a a series of recommendations primarily geared at the federal government to respond to this immediate crisis and to think about restructuring our system to be uh, fairer and more just in the future. How dire was the housing situation before the pandemic? Like, what were we in a relatively good place or was it just something that nobody was talking about? I would say it was more the latter. You know, we've had decades of redlining and, and other uh, systemic policies that have made affordable housing in this country a challenge for many to achieve. And it means that there's, there's a debt of about 7 million affordable homes so there are more, lots more people who need affordable housing than can actually get it. Um, even right now in some of our federally backed housing programs, affordable housing programs, it's less than a third of the people who actually qualify for the program who get the assistance that's needed. So the housing crisis has been dire for some time, but the pandemic really does shed a light on how bad it is and how the connection between health and housing are so like, closely tied. Yeah, I would imagine, I mean, if you just want to look at this straightly through the lens of trying to control the virus, unstable housing must complicate complicate that by a factor of 10, right? It does complicate it quite a bit. And we do know that people who have stable homes are less likely to contract COVID and are less likely to spread COVID. What we don't want in the middle of a pandemic and in the middle of winter, that people are getting evicted from their homes having to crowd into other situations with family members or friends. All of that is not great to socially distance and keep the spread of COVID at a minimum. Is this something centered in the cities or is this something we see across the board, rural, city, suburb? This is something we see across the board. I mean, certainly in cities where you have more people, it's more acutely felt. In Philadelphia alone, we've seen you know, o- over 3,500 people who have had evicted filings, eviction filings put against them since the beginning of this crisis. Tens of thousands of people across the country have lost their homes since March. And it's estimated that 40 million families across the country are at risk of losing their homes because of the COVID-19 pandemic. One of the many executive orders signed by new President Joe Biden was specifically on the housing front. Can you explain what the, I believe it it pushed the eviction date back uh, a few months? Explain what that does. 
Yeah, so there was a federal moratorium that was put in place under the last administration through congressional legislation. And that moratorium was to end at the end of January. So when uh, President Biden got inaugurated and came into office, one of the first executive orders that he put into place was to extend that moratorium until the end of March. So that's some immediate reprieve, which is really helpful, but obviously we're going to need more assistance um, beyond March. This pandemic is not going away. The economic recession isn't going away. People aren't magically going to be making more money and getting more jobs at the end of March. And so we need to have a moratorium that's in place that tracks with this public health emergency. And in addition to that, Congress had uh, introduced some uh, language to give more rental assistance to people throughout the country, but it was something like $25 billion short of what was needed. And so Congress needs to step up again in this new year and add more rental assistance so that people can pay their rents, pay their back rents, landlords can pay their mortgages, people can stay safely home housed. Yeah, because I think one of the problems, a lot of this, and understandably so, is looked at at people facing eviction. And a lot of times landlords are kind of painted as the villain. But to be fair, they have bills they have to pay. They have mortgages on the properties. Nothing happens in a vacuum. So, I mean, how do we address this big picture? Is this where you kind of, to your point, being $25 billion short, we just need to throw a lot of money at this to make sure that everyone across the board is taken care of? That's right. You know, landlords can pay their mortgages if renters pay their rent. And the rental assistance is what's desperately needed, as is getting that rental assistance to the people who need it the most. I think the harsh reality is, you know, like myself, I'm a parent. Most families have kids that they're trying to virtually school. They're still trying to make it out to their jobs safely on transportation. They're trying to keep themselves safe with PPE on the jobs. They're trying to make sure they're not bringing COVID-19 back into their homes. And layered on top of that, they now have to go search for assistance to help them in their hour of need to pay some basic necessities like rent. And and the time isn't there to investigate where the help is and, and what to do. And so often people are making the choice between putting food on the table or paying their rent. And so one of the things that I think cities and localities can do is work with uh, local nonprofits and, and other organizations to get the word out to renters who need assistance and make sure that the, that, the, that the federal resources that are there are getting into the hands of the right people. Are there other moves you guys are asking or other uh, things you guys are, are putting forth as ideas and policies you think should be pursued that'll help, uh, help deal with this? You know, I think there, you know, immediately you can sort of chunk this down into immediate steps and long term steps. You know, immediately we need stronger eviction moratoriums in place at the local, state and federal level. There are a variety of different local moratoriums that are in place across the country. Often those moratoriums are more comprehensive than the federal moratoriums and also prevent things like utility shutoffs, which is obviously really important in the winter when people are trying to to both keep their homes and heat their homes. There's around $60 billion in back rent that's owed today. And people have no clear path forward on that. So the resources definitely need to flow. People are in desperate need of this assistance. But long-term, we need to make sure that everyone who needs affordable housing 
is able to get affordable housing. Right now, less than a third of people who qualify for housing vouchers are actually able to get those vouchers because of the limitations in the program. We also need more community and nonprofit ownership of housing. That kind of model will keep neighborhoods affordable and ensure that when there are recessions or dips in the economy, that people don't lose their homes. So I think there's long-term structural reforms that we really do need to not lose sight of when we're trying to acutely address this problem in the midst of the pandemic. Are we facing an opportunity here to... The one thing about this has been such a large-scale crisis on so many fronts. If you want to try to look at the positive, does it present an opportunity for a bit of a reset and get some things right that we've either done wrong or ignored for years? Absolutely. I think it, it, it becomes it becomes more difficult to ignore some of these systemic problems that have been in place for a really long time. Affordable housing is certainly one that's at the top of that list. When a person doesn't have a safe and stable place to live, they're less likely to keep a safe and stable job. So they're less likely to have income. They're less likely to have health insurance. They're less likely to be able to put food on the table and eat healthy to keep them away from chronic disease. All of these things are really uh, closely intertwined. And I do think that the pandemic gives us a reset about here we are, we're, we're willing to put in federal resources, we're willing to step up at state and local levels to um, enact policies to help in the midst of this crisis. Let's also keep, a, keep an eye on a long-term game here and how we can set up a system that's more fair and just for all. And to wind down here, if people are listening to this, they are in a crisis right now of in danger of losing their house. Are there steps they can take? Are there rights they need to know about? And where can they, what are they and what can, where can they learn more? Sure. So first of all, it's important that you do, that you know that you do have rights. If you've fallen behind on your rent, the first thing you have to do is submit a signed declaration form to your landlord stating that you've lost your income due to the pandemic and you've made an effort to look for financial assistance. There are emergency rental assistance programs in nearly every state. And there are local nonprofits and national nonprofits who can help you identify those rental assistance programs. There's also local legal aid that can help you in your interactions with your landlord and through the eviction process and defense process. If you'd like to learn more, Robert Wood Johnson has put up a website to help renters and those who are in need. It's at rwjf.org slash housing and health. You can go there to learn more. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. 